and you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. Streaming live on iHeartRadio. Available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at right now, Jim Dawes. Or you can shoot me an email at rightnowjimdawes at gmail.com. If you got something you want to get off your chest, you can leave a voicemail for me. I might use it on the broadcast at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Give me a call. about stopping our frail bodies were strapped to the chairs and our chairs were chained to the desks and our pleas for justice were ignored and the unseen but we busted our slave driver's little bitty balls we charged into the brick fortress and onto the streets because it's Friday! 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 What a week, what a week. Oh my God. The, uh, the frenzy in Washington has just taken over all just sucking all of the life out of this nation. You got people, you got Thanksgiving coming up and, uh, it, people are going to be at each other's throats at the table. Uh, there, there ought to be, uh, signs outside the door at, at, uh, every homecoming, uh, no politics, just take the politics off the hook. Um, we ought not to allow these buffoons in Washington, and I'm talking about the Democrats, to ruin uh, our holiday season. They, they have drugged this thing out. Remember, remember they said they were going to get this completed before the holidays. Well, they're not. They're going to drop it right in the middle of the holidays, and then uh, they're going to send it over to the Senate just in time uh, you know, for the election season. That's, I think that's what all of this is about drop Trump into a impeachment trial in the Senate right during the election. We're going to talk a lot about the whistleblower and the impeachment process on today's show. We're going to catch up on the Democrats um, and their latest uh, developments in their nomination. But uh, the first thing I want to talk about, and I'm sort of surprised to hear myself saying this, is the view <laughs> Joy Behar and Whoopi Goldberg and Megan McCain uh, over there on uh, the NBC network. The show was put on by their news division, if you can imagine that. And I, I got to admit, I haven't watched this show in years. Uh, I, I take clips off of it, and I can tell that it is, uh, you know, not something I'd want to spend my time with. But I haven't, you know, watched the whole show Oh, I can't even I can't even remember the last time and I will have to admit 
Uh, I don't remember the view being so damned entertaining. That that show yesterday with Don Jr. and Kimberly Guilfoy as uh, as the guest was great. I mean, that was good stuff. <laughs> Don Jr. just came in there and uh, blowtorched those harpies on the view. And uh, I'm going to play you some clips, but uh, you gotta you gotta go see it yourself. This is uh, this is something to behold. That he he left them in uh, a, a scorched, smoking pile when he left that show, and they they were trying to attack him, you know, as a proxy for Donald Trump, and uh, he wasn't having it. Uh, <laughs> he came loaded for bear. Ready with some uh, some comebacks, you know. I, I guess you could see how this was going to go. He was there promoting his new book, Triggered. And man, if you wanted an example of being triggered, the uh, the ladies on the View were, and they were trying to to make him apologize for his father. And uh, they, oh, don't you don't you regret any of that? And uh, or do you support that? And all of this kind of language. Well. Don Jr. wasn't having it, and he pushed right back. We've all done things that we regret. I mean, if we're talking about bringing a discourse down, Joy, you've worn blackface. Whoopi, you said that Roman Polanski. I'm sorry, and don't. You 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 said Roman Polanski. It wasn't rape, rape when he raped a child. So let's let's talk about. So yeah, no, let's talk about this. So you want to bring this up? The question came up. I did not go in blackface, please. No, she was not in blackface. Thank you. Sorry. Listen, being black, I recognize blackface. This I can say. Okay? I know what well, you're saying. Really back me up on yeah. that. So now that, you, now, that you, now that you've broken this piece of ice, because I guess this is the fight you wanted. I, it's not the fight yeah, I wanted. Yeah, it is. But if we're because talking about you, character, we're talking when, about these Are you things, questioning my character? I'm not questioning your character. I'm talking about, okay. you're questioning my are father's Are you questioning character. my character? I'm here to question people's characters. What are you doing questioning my character? Enjoy Behar got called out for uh for blackface and apparently her and Whoopi had already worked up their uh, their defense you have to defend me for blackface and uh she immediately pleaded to Whoopi to bail her out bring this up the yeah. question came up i did not about, go in blackface please no, she was please. not in blackface thank you thank you sorry listen being black yeah she didn't go with blackface my butt i mean i i remember the clip where she admitted it, uh, she it, there, there was this big blackface controversy going on over the time. I think it might have had to do something with, uh, you know, uh, ABC coming up with a justification for firing uh, Megyn Kelly, but uh, she tried to get out ahead of it and and show the clip herself. It was a Halloween party. I went as a beautiful African woman. Oh yeah, you ain't black. But that's my hair. <laughs> that's my hair. That you can be yeah, but it is. So, uh, so the whole point of being like curly hair with and coming back. I thought that was. I thought, that is me. Did you have tanning lotion on? A little, I had makeup that was a little bit darker uh-huh, than my skin. Uh-huh. <laughs> this guy fixed it. But I, that's my uh-huh. actual hair. I had makeup that was a little bit darker than my skin, and then she shows the picture. Yeah, she went in blackface. She went as a beautiful African woman. She says she dressed up in blackface for Halloween. She's got Whoopi Goldberg there to vouch for. Please. I did not go as blackface. She most certainly did. And Whoopi Goldberg, uh, obviously, 
you know, took offense to the fact that she sprang to the defense of uh, Roman Polanski, child rapist, and uh, and wanted to argue about that. Well, there's no arguing about that either. Not charged. I know it wasn't rape, rape. Yeah, there is a statutory. I, I, child molest, maybe? I'm I not think sure it was, was something, no? it was something else, but I don't believe it was rape, rape. And when we get all the information, somebody will tell me in my ear. All I'm trying to get you to understand mm -hmm. is when we're talking about what someone did and what they were charged with, we have to say what it actually was, okay, not what we, we think it was. What he said he did. He gave her quaaludes. He gave mm -hmm. her champagne. Mm -hmm. She was drugged. She was 13 years old. They he asked her, here's a transcript. Uh, and, but that's what I'm saying. You're 13 years she old. She was still a child. He actually. Oh, my God. You got Whoopi Goldberg is a lot of the Hollywood glitterati do springing to the fence of Roman Polanski who committed rape. When you have sex with a child that is not competent to give their permission under any circumstances, any circumstances, that is rape. And it's dis that's a disgusting clip to hear Whoopi Goldberg, but uh, you can you can go online and see a lot of uh, these Hollywood celebrities defending Roman Polanski and uh, Joy Behar. I mean, uh, Don Jr. and Kimberly Guilfoy were so successful in calling out the Harpies on the View yesterday that they actually got the audience behind them. At one point, uh, Joy Behar had to try to uh, uh, calm them down. Listen to this. You don't secret. regret doing that. I don't regret doing it. No, I don't okay. think I should have to forego my First right. Amendment it, rights. It's out there. I need to set this clip up. So uh, they're they're trying to hammer Don Jr. for retweeting a uh, um, an article that appeared on the Drudge Report, naming the whistleblower he whose name must not be spoken, Voldemort, the Voldemort of the impeachment process, and uh, they're trying to get him to admit that that was somehow awful. And uh, the audience appears to be on the side of Don Jr. You don't regret doing that. I don't regret doing it. No, I don't okay. think I should have to forego my First right. Amendment it, rights. It's out there. I read it in an article. I've been reading it for a week. I saw it on the Drudge Report. Like, this is not some secret. But to then say, because it's Donald Trump Jr., because he's an outspoken guy. Listen, this is guy, not a mega rally, create, okay? made, Why was there no outrage when Drudge Report, <laughs> okay. which is a major website, Calm probably down. the largest aggregator of media news. <laughs> Listen, this is not a MAGA rally, okay? Calm down. Donald Trump Jr., because he's an outspoken guy. Listen, this is not a MAGA rally, okay? Made, why was there no outrage when Drudge Report, <laughs> okay. which is a major website? So, so you know, I, I think this, uh, this whole line that they're trying to pursue, that we're not allowed to speak this guy's name when everybody has, has already spoken it, and we know who he is and we want to hear from him, even the audience at The View, and that is a, a self-selecting audience of leftists, much like the the one for Bill Maher, um, they they recoil at that Orwellian thought, and uh, and they were so they found themselves cheering for Don Jr., which I'm sure they came in the door, uh, in uh, intending to you know pour out their 15 minutes of hate on. Oh man, it was great. There's a whole bunch of clips. You had to go on and see it. They uh, uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle and Don Jr. were just torching. Ladies at the View, and this comes also this week. I missed it, but Tulsi Gabbard came on there, and you know uh, uh, the the ladies on the View had jumped uh, all on board with Hillary Clinton's smear of Tulsi Gabbard, saying that she was somehow a Russian asset. So <laughs> the 
they had uh, they allowed Tulsi Gabbard to come on, and she uh, she lit them up over that, and really exposed Joy Behar of being a very uh, low IQ individual. She couldn't even respond. She got her um, chronology and everything mar- all mixed up trying to defend Hillary Clinton, and, and Tulsi just wore her out. We're going to run out to a break, and when we come back, we're going to catch up on the latest developments on the whistleblower. Stick with us. We'll be right back. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. I wish I had the skills and resources to make a documentary because this whistleblower impeachment effort is just prime for making a documentary and bringing it into the theaters or maybe uh, getting it on um, One America News Network or maybe even the Fox Nation um, because the skullduggery that the Democrats are engaged in is just breathtaking. You know, they they got this, uh, this deep state resistance mole, a CIA agent that uh, worked for John Brennan that was planted in the White House to come over there and try to undermine the incoming Trump administration. I believe, and I think this will be borne out, that he was the one, um, this uh, Eric Chiramella, that leaked Trump's calls with the president of Mexico and the prime minister of Australia. Uh, and uh, and he was, you know, one of the prime suspects of the leaks, and they, they blew him out of the National Security Council. But because he's got civil service protections, he was able to go back over to the CIA and burrow in. <clears throat> but apparently, he continued to uh, to get intelligence out of other members of the National Security Council, including this um, <clears throat> Alexander Z- uh, Zinderman. I think I'm mispronouncing that. Zinderman. Um, and then, you know, he, he coordinates with Schiff's staff and Schiff's staff by this point actually has people from Obama's national security council that, uh, that Chiramella worked with, works with these people on, that are now on Schiff's staff and this resistance law firm to gen up this whistleblower complaint right after the Mueller, um, investigation uh, fizzled and came up with nothing. And, uh, you know, um, Josh Hawley uh, pointed out that, you know, you've kept a lid on this uh, so far because the Democrats are controlling the process. They were before this uh, impeachment inquiry was resolution was passed, and they're doing it now as well. They've just got the imprimatur that the the way they were doing it before in secret without allowing the president to have any due process uh, is now, uh, you know, officially sanctioned by the uh, the Congress or the House when all of the Democrats except two voted in favor and all of the Democrats 
or all of the Republicans plus two Democrats voted against it. I'm getting, I mean, that's, that's why I, I say this needs to be a documentary because the story is so uh, deep and so um, malicious and uh, underhanded that you almost can't put it all uh, into words. It, it needs to be a full-length documentary film and we need to get it out there into the public consciousness because most people pay attention to this stuff sort of on a, a cursory level, and they just can't realize how deep, how determined the Democrats have become in, in, um, in engineering what is obviously an effort at a coup. So uh, where is this? This clip I wanted to play you. All the Democrats are making this big show that um, you know they they didn't want to uh, come and do this. So this is just their constitutional duty. Now they can't vi- cite a violation of the Constitution or a high crime or misdemeanor or any crime at all. But uh, they've got their talking points and they're all out there saying, "Oh, this." This just breaks their heart. It brings them no joy. This is a sad day. It's a sad day because nobody comes to Congress to impeach a president of the United States. This is a solemn day in the history of our country. Uh, This is a solemn moment. This is something that is very solemn. It's one that none of us, you know, really look forward to. It's not something that is a joke or that we take lightly. Impeachment is not a remedy that we take lightly or happily. We take no joy in having proceed with the impeachment inquiry. I take no joy in contemplating a president. There is no joy in sitting in judgment on somebody else. As you say, there's no there's no joy in that no matter what people want to see happen. I mean, I personally take no joy in this. I'm sure cause for any it's nothing to be gleeful about. Celebratory moment. None of us came to Congress to impeach the really? president. Really, none of them came to Congress to impeach the president? you believe that? That's what they were running on in these uh, these heavily Democratic districts. Uh, but, you know, they, they know that the people uh, realize that for the first three years of the Trump presidency, they were frenzied in their efforts for impeachment. And as soon as all of the Russia collusion hoax fell apart, they mounted this whistleblower impeachment effort, and uh, and they're going to be wise to this. So they're they're out there with these talking points that oh we take no joy in this. this our hearts are heavy. Uh, nobody came here to do that. Well, you know the problem is we live in an age of video and in an age of social media, and we all remember. For you, do you personally think impeachment should be considered? I think it should. It's we begin impeachment proceedings now. And that we've got to impeach him and get rid of him. My sole focus right now uh, is to make sure that he's not the president uh, next term. My sole focus. We're going to go in there, we're going to impeach the motherfucker. We're going to launch an Article 3 impeachment. In the question of impeachment, it's about time. Nadler is, I hope he's not following the rules. Congress should take the steps towards impeachment. We're going to have to prosecute this. We're going to have to do it. We're going to have to impeach. Impeachment is still on the table? Absolutely. It's always on the table. We cannot accept a, a second term. For Donald Trump. If we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time to stop this nonsense. It's past time to talk. Stop this nonsense. Now we've got the whistleblower. He whose name must not be spoken 
Uh, he's been discredited. We know now that he is a deep state resistance activist. Worked, actually, uh, with the Clinton campaign to uh, coordinate with uh, uh, the Ukrainian embassy to try to dig up smears against Donald Trump. Worked, Alexandria uh, Chalupa, working for the Clinton campaign, this whistleblower uh, uh, got her into the Ukrainian embassy with the intention of trying to get dirt on Donald Trump. That is what Rudy Giuliani was over there in the Ukraine trying to uh, get to the bottom of, whether or not uh, a lot of this Russia Gate hoax came out of the uh, Ukrainian government that was being threatened by, uh, by Joe Biden to withhold funds if they didn't cooperate. And uh, I, I can't remember if I played this clip. I'm going to start to play it. This is Josh Hawley pointing out that you may be able to, you know, push this narrative over there in the House, but once it gets over there in the Senate, uh, we're gonna we're gonna call the whistleblower. I just come back to the fact that the president's lawyer, unlike every other impeachment proceeding, Mark, in the last century, the president's lawyers have not had access to any of these witnesses. They haven't been able to present any evidence. They haven't been able to cross-examine. So, if this comes over to the Senate then the president's lawyers are going to get a chance. They can put on their own witnesses. They can cross-examine people, and I look forward to it. I look forward to it, too. I think everybody does. Uh, I would like, uh, you know, I, I think Steve Bannon was a documentary, documentary filmmaker. So was um, Dinesh D'Souza. If they don't uh, get some funding and immediately start putting together uh, a documentary about Russiagate, 2.0, um, you know, which is Ukraine gate, uh, then they are really missing a great opportunity. This, this, uh, reads like, what was that movie? Seven days in November where, uh, where they engineered a, a, a coup in Washington, DC to overturn the presidency. That's exactly what's going on. You've got the, the whistleblower's attorney, Mark Zaid looks like another one of these, uh, pajama boys, these beta boys. He and, um, he and uh, Eric Chiarmella, I could see having sleepovers with each other, playing Twister down in their mom's basement. But uh, he, in January 2017, the first month of the Trump administration, the coup has started, he tweeted out. And, uh, you know, hashtag resistance and hashtag impeachment and CNN is going to be uh, a big part of Donald Trump not finishing his first term as president. He tweeted, we will get rid of him in this country. We will be strong enough to survive even him and his supporters. Oh, my God, the, uh, the documentary that can be made from this. And, uh, you know, the, the really ridiculous thing is they're, they're, uh, they're afraid for the safety of the whistleblower. They've never been afraid for the safety of any Trump supporters that are getting assaulted in the streets. They've never been concerned about the, the well-being of any other prior whistleblowers like Bill Benny, who uh, you know worked at, at the uh, National Security Agency and pointed out that they are now collecting all of our telephone, text messages, and emails, all of them, all the time, and storing them in giant server farms out in, in Utah. They were never concerned about Bill Benny, his home being raided with uh, armed federal agents. They weren't concerned about Roger Stone 
but we cannot speak the name of the whistleblower. We got to run out to a break, and when we come back, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about the Democrats and more impeachment and uh, and the Paris Climate Accord. Stick with us. We'll be right back after these messages on Mojo 5.0. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, what's the word, delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck-on messes, and they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth-like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 50 Radio Network. A daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. I, you know, I don't think this this whole impeachment thing is going any better for the Democrats than the Russiagate hoax. Um, first of all, you know, people started with a jaundiced eye because by the time Mueller finished his uh, his hit job on the president, drug us through two years of it, people had mostly, you know, except for the people, I, I think even the Democrats realized what was going on by then. They just hate Trump so badly that they're perfectly willing, you know, for him to be um, unfairly uh, treated. But I think everybody knows pretty much at this point that the Democrats are just trying a a new uh, strategy, this impeachment 2.0. It's pretty clear that this whistleblower is uh, is a deep state um, John Brennan acolyte and that uh, this this uh, whistleblower attorney, Mark Zaid, has now been exposed. We know that Adam Schiff is the most discredited and dishonest person in Congress. And uh, and they're, they're, they keep dragging these diplomats up there, uh, you know, saying that, uh, well, uh, Donald Trump was uh, was acting in contravention to the uh, interagency consensus on our policy with Ukraine, and we didn't like it. He was, you know, he had uh, back channels uh, working, and he was um, he was having phone conversations with the Ukrainian president that uh, uh, contradicted uh, what you know we think is best. I don't, I don't think the American people are going to buy that. The president sets foreign policy; it's their job to support him. It's not his job to conform 
to the so-called interagency consensus, which is another fancy word for the deep state's opinion on how we ought to run things. And, uh, you know, it's part of that documentary I kept pointing out. Uh, they, they need to bring Giuliani. Giuliani's got a, a whole raft of evidence that he has been pushing out there into the media that the, the mainstream media just insists on ignoring about Joe Biden's uh, dealings in the Ukraine. And John Solomon needs to be part of that documentary, too. He is uh, he has documented that, yes, Burisma hired Hunter Biden and Devin Archer, which was a close protege of John Kerry, in order to shield themselves from these corruption investigations. Both of those guys, they are not corporate directors per se. They are lobbyists. That's what they do. They lobby. They, they're influence peddlers. They both traffic on their names and their connections to, uh, to get work done for other people. And what I would like to know is whether or not um, Hunter Biden and Devin Archer were registered as foreign agents. You got Paul Manafort sitting in jail right now because he failed to register as a foreign agent while working for political active or uh, political um, uh, elected officials in the Ukraine. Was Hunter Biden a registered foreign agent? Was Devin Archer a registered foreign agent? That's that's a good question. We need to ask. I'm gonna I'm gonna um, try to push that out into social media today. Got Roger Stone on trial right down the road from where this impeachment jihad is going on for having lied to Congress. Well, you've got a whole bunch of characters, including Adam Schiff, that have lied uh, in public and to Congress repeatedly. You had George Papadopoulos convicted for lying. Michael Flynn, who... um, They've, you know, tried to smear and destroy his life for for lying. The whole damn bunch of them are up there lying. But uh, this notion that Trump has done something illegal or unconstitutional, hell, they can't even prove that. They're backing off of it now. You got old old, um, Swalwell. Is it Eric Swalwell? Probably one of the dumbest uh, humans on the face of the earth, much less Congress. Uh, but he's, he's over there on CNN trying to explain uh, what exactly would be an impeachable act. How important is a quid pro quo, period, in order for you to make your case in an article of impeachment? It's an abuse of power to remove an ambassador for political reasons because you don't like what they're doing, period. It's a- no, it's not. The, that, that's one of the dumbest statements you will ever hear. The president, he's arguing, is not allowed to remove an ambassador. Well, hell yeah, he is. All, every one of those ambassadors are his representatives in these foreign capitals. They work at the pleasure of the president because they are there to represent his, his views on foreign policy. And this ambassador, Yanukovych, she was, in fact, working to undermine the Trump administration. She was the holdover from the Obama administration. She was knee-deep in all of this corruption that went on there. She, uh, in fact, at one point had delivered a list to the then-Ukrainian president. I can't remember his name right off 
top of my head, a list of people that the U.S. government did not want to be prosecuted. Let me say that again. The, the former ambassador that Trump fired had delivered a list to the then president of the Ukraine of people that they did not want to have prosecuted. I want to, I want to see that list and see if uh, any names were added to it by Hunter Biden or Devin Archer. But, you know, they've got her up there testifying, oh, uh, he was doing things that I didn't approve of, and they were going behind my back, and, and, uh, and he fired me, and uh, he shouldn't have done that. It's an abuse of power to remove an ambassador for political reasons because you don't like what they're doing, period. It's a gross abuse of power if you ask a political uh, ally like the Ukrainians to investigate your opponent. It's a gross, extreme abuse of power if you leverage a White House meeting, which may not seem like much to us as Americans, but to other countries, that's the most important thing you can get. It's an extraordinary abuse of power if you unlawful or if you remove an ambassador the way the president did, ask for investigations, leverage a White House meeting and three hundred and ninety one million dollars in taxpayer dollars. That's what we're investigating. Republicans say maybe that's all bad, but it's not impeachable. Well, that's not America either. If we allow that to happen, it's not America. If we allow the president to appoint his own ambassadors, it's not America. If we allow the president to conduct foreign policy. Now, this guy, Eric Swalwell, is probably the most wild-eyed, impeachment, frenzied, um, well, maybe Adam Schiff is worse, but he's one of them. He cannot articulate any case for impeachment. Their whole quid pro quo has fallen apart because we now know that the, um, the, that the president never threatened to withhold the funds and that the Ukrainian president didn't know that the funds had been delayed. You can't have a quid pro quo without a, uh, a, a quo. So that's falling apart. They were trying at one point to, to say, uh, well, this is extortion. No. I mean, these people, most of them are lawyers. You would think they would want to pick up a law book at some point before they throw these words around. I guess they're just engaged in a public relations campaign. It's not extortion. Extortion is where you threaten somebody with physical harm or kidnapping if they don't do what you tell them to do. That's extortion. President's not guilty of extorting. He's guilty of using his levers of power to try to get to the bottom of the corruption going on in the Ukraine. There was an article in the New York Times. Uh, it was, uh, I can't remember the name of the guy. He, he, he's, he's saying this, oh, it's bribery. It's bribery. He was he was offering them money in order to get them to uh, uh, dig for dirt on his political opponent, as if being running for president now gives you some sort of immunity to having uh, any of the wrongdoing in your past uh, brought to light. But again, uh, the president never threatened them to withhold the money. He, he was uh, wanting to make sure that the Europeans were uh, doing their fair share before we stepped up trying to use it for leverage to get them to uh, step up to the plate too. All of this has resulted in uh, support for impeachment is now slipping. They can't cite a crime. They can't cite a constitutional violation. They say it's an abuse of power when actually 
It's just the normal everyday exercise of executive power that presidents are, uh, have done throughout history. So uh, support for this whole effort starting to fall. The Democrats are being exposed to a bunch of hypocrites out there saying, oh, we take no joy in this, when we know, in fact, this is exactly what they came there to do. We are going to run out to a break. This will be the last break in this half hour, and then um, we're going to sort of preview what Adam Schiff has in store for us next week. When he begins these open hearings, stick with us. We'll be right back. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. So enjoy your weekend because next week, oh, Adam Schiff is going to begin the public hearings. He's got all of his smears together and his narrative concocted. And on Wednesday, he's going to call his first witness, which he tells us is going to be this um, uh, ambassador to Ukraine, the current ambassador that replaced Yanukovych named Bill Taylor. So you can bet that if uh, this is going to be Schiff's first witness, he believes it's going to be his strongest witness because he he knows that if he doesn't grab the public's attention right off the bat, the people are going to wander away and say, oh, there's nothing to see here. Well, what did Bill Taylor uh, talk about? He talked about, well, uh, um, the president's personal attorney was over there mucking around trying to get information. Yeah, he was. The president had been smeared for two and a half years. He's trying to clear his name. And he says that, uh, you know, uh, as he understands it, there was a quid pro quo. Well, where'd you get that idea, Bill Taylor, that there was a quid pro quo uh, in the New York Times? So the New York Times says there's a quid pro quo. Taylor assumes that the New York Times is telling the truth, and there is a quid pro quo. He's over there telling his Ukrainian counterpart, that, uh, you know, if, if you don't uh, investigate this corruption that went on, that Trump's going to withhold the money based on my knowledge from the New York Times. Here's a clip. Taylor told us that what that second channel did is the security assistance got blocked by this second channel. Security assistance here, that's the hundreds of millions of dollars in foreign aid that we've been talking about. And Taylor saw that that was wrong. Taylor testified to stop it, to hold it for no apparent reason that I could see was undercutting the longstanding U.S. policy. That's a critical point. Well, undercutting the longstanding U.S. policy, the president sets the policy. If the president thinks he needs to withhold these funds in order to get to the bottom of corruption, that's his prerogative. If he wants to withhold the funds so that he can try to get Germany and the other European nations to step up and do their part, that's his prerogative. Bill Taylor works for the president. He's still there, by the way. He's still the president, I mean, the uh, ambassador to the Ukraine. And 
by the way, uh, the whistleblower is still working over at the CIA. Uh, Alexander Zinman still working in the White House. <laughs> I bet the ABC whistleblower wishes they could have uh, been treated so uh, with kid gloves. <laughs> Jim Jordan, I think I may have played this clip yesterday, but it's worth hearing again. It's kind of a long clip, I understand, but uh, he really nails down what exactly the Democrats are going to be presenting next week. About any investigations ever took place. The Ukrainians didn't even know aid had been held up uh, at the time of the phone call. So the facts are the facts, and I keep telling you all that those things, those facts will not change, have not changed, uh, despite what uh, what some people may say. And Ambassador Volker backed up those four fundamental facts in his um, in his testimony. He was the first witness called, but he's certainly not going to be the, based on what we've seen, he's not going to be the first guy called for if, the open hearing. If one witness says that there's no quid pro quo, but multiple others says there is, how do you, what do you do with that? We got the transcript where there's no quid pro quo. After just, the just of one witness, though, and there's others that, that... After the transcript come out, even Democrat chairman said there's no quid pro quo. We got the two people on the call, President Zelensky, President Trump, who say no pressure, no pushing, no quid pro quo. Who have a vested we interest have, in... We have the fact that the Ukrainians didn't know aid was uh, held up at the time of the call, and the aid was released, and the Ukrainians took no action to get the aid released. So, you know, Obama didn't offer any military assistance to the Ukraine at all. He was sending them blankets. Mainstream media or the Democrats weren't concerned about that at all. This president has actually given them uh, javelin missiles to uh, to push back the Russian tanks. And, and uh, you know, millions and millions of dollars in military aid. But now he's, he's uh, you know, withholding some of it in order to try to achieve some of our objectives, which, yes, includes finding out whether or not the leader in the Democrats' um, nomination process was uh, engaged in corruption in the Ukraine, a perfectly legitimate uh, question. But And now they want to impeach the president for doing it. Uh, there was a, one of the Democrat talking heads. I missed his name, uh, but he appeared on CNN and, and said something that I think is rather obvious. We've got to we've got to make that case to the American people. And uh, I, I think that if we did it poorly, if we did not persuade them, uh, if there were some uh, obfuscation on the part of the Republicans to take down the hearing, then uh, and, and people saw it as a partisan uh, adventure rather than a, a, a legitimate proceeding. It might help the president. Remember, this eventually is going to go to the United States Senate. And uh, and so Mitch McConnell gets to render the verdict yeah. at yeah. the end of the day. And and so if, if the president is exonerated okay, by the U.S. Senate, then I'm sure he will spike the football. I'm sure that uh, with the leeway that, that Mitch McConnell has, if we don't get a solid vote uh, for impeachment at that point, that it could help the president as we go into the I, next election. I think it will help the president. I think the Democrats are so single-minded on this and so frenzied that they are going to vote for impeachment, regardless of the facts in this case. And uh, and they're going to send it over to the Senate. The Senate uh, may hold some abbreviated uh, proceedings to expose all of this as a sham. It'd make a great documentary. I just wish I could make that. 
And then, uh, and then the American people are going to see that they, they gave the Democrats a, a, a second chance. They put them in charge of the House. What did they do with it? Did they do it? Did they do anything to secure the border? No. Nancy Pelosi is now denying the president any funds, any funds to continue the construction of the wall. Did they help the president with his trade agenda to try to bring jobs back to America? No. Nancy Pelosi has not moved to vote to ratify the U.S.-Canada-Mexico trade agreement. Uh, Did they do anything to address the opioid crisis? No. Did they do anything to address uh, prescription drug costs? No. Did they do anything to... um, improve infrastructure that the president has tried repeatedly to work with them on? No. They did one thing and one thing only. They concocted a bogus impeachment effort, and they're going to drive that right, sort of like one of those kamikaze pilots that, in this case, doesn't uh, hit its mark. I think uh, old Senator John Kennedy said it best at uh, Trump's rally in Lake Charles night before last. And you know what our Democratic friends have done for him? (laughs) Speaker Nancy Pelosi is trying to impeach him. I don't mean any disrespect, but it must suck to be that dumb. (laughs) It must suck to be that dumb. I, you know, I don't know whether Nancy Pelosi was drug kicking and screaming to this, if she just succumbed to the pressure, but this is going to be one of the most massive miscalculations in political history. They're going to try to impeach the president for doing his job. So on Tucker Carlson last night, he had uh, Jeff Sessions on there, and Jeff Sessions is announced on Tucker's show that uh, he is going to run to regain his Senate seat, which, uh, is now being held by uh, Doug Jones, a Democrat. A Democrat senator from the state of Alabama is ridiculous. So Sessions is going back to try to reclaim his Senate seat. Um, I'm sure, well, I say I'm sure, it will be interesting to see how Trump responds to that. Trump was absolutely brutal in his uh, criticisms of Sessions after he recused himself from the Russiagate hoax. You know... I hated the way it went down. Um, But the truth of the matter is, Sessions was a key player in uh, Trump's campaign. He had no choice but to recuse himself from the Russiagate hoax. I think maybe he did have one other choice. He could have resigned and allowed the president to appoint uh, another attorney general that would not have had to recuse himself. Or he could have fired um, Rod Rosenstein, which, you know, Trump... Uh, could have done as well. But Sessions was in a, a, a terrible predicament. He, uh, the Congress was pushing this Russiagate hoax because even the Republicans at that time who held both the House and the Senate were uh, supporting the appointment of Robert Mueller, the protege of, I mean, the uh, mentor of James Comey to be the special counsel. And, uh, and they were going to get a special counsel, and Sessions couldn't uh, not recuse himself because he had, in fact, worked on the campaign that they were that uh, Mueller was going to be investigating. So I'm a, I'm a Jeff Sessions fan. Jeff Sessions was saying the things in, uh, in the Senate 
that Donald Trump was elected to do, and he was one of Donald Trump's first supporters. And his uh, one of his major uh, policy advisors, Stephen Miller, in fact, uh, went from Jeff Sessions to uh, Donald Trump's staff and is one of the major driving forces behind his, uh, his administration. So I'm a big fan of Jeff Sessions. I would like to see him back in the Senate. I support him. Do I think he should have recused himself? I think he had to recuse himself. It was a terrible, terrible thing. He may have been able to resign at that point, but he was in a no-win situation. But he was a great senator. I believe he would be a a great senator uh, again. And I would hope, (laughs) I would hope that Donald Trump could be magnanimous. I don't believe he will be magnanimous. I don't think he has it in him. And I think that Jeff Sessions uh, will be reelected as senator from Alabama. He will, he will beat uh, Doug Jones like a drum, as Joe Biden likes to say. And then um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, when this trial comes over to the Senate, whether or not Doug Jones will vote to impeach or whether or not he'll break ranks with the Democrats uh, to, uh, to, you know, try to, uh, keep from keep well, to try to hold on to his seat and keep from uh angering the uh, the voters in Alabama. Either way, Doug Jones is going to be in a no win situation. If he votes to impeach, then all of the uh, independents will vote against him and if he votes not to impeach, then the Democrats will stay home. Jeff Sessions for Senate. I'm all I'm all on board. I hope the president can find a way to um to at least stay silent. Jeff Sessions never criticized the president, and the president uh, needs to uh, um, let him return to the Senate where he was doing a lot of good. He, uh, we also have learned now that uh, uh, Bloomberg, Mayor Bloomberg, the nanny state mayor of uh, former mayor of New York City, is uh, signing up for the primary in Alabama, which indicates that uh, you know he's trying to put a placeholder in uh, to decide whether or not he's going to run for president. And this is after Elizabeth Warren has introduced this, uh, uh, this Medicare for all bill that's going to cost what $70 trillion going to take $70 trillion, which is as much over 10 years as the entire existing current federal budget. And he's, she's going to set up this massive government bureaucracy to take care of your health care. (laughs) <laughs> if you liked, uh, you know, going down to the DMV or dealing with the IRS, you are going to love Elizabeth Warren's health care plan. Joe Biden, uh, you know, is uh, starting to attack Elizabeth Warren now, which we haven't seen up until now. And uh, I'm sure that uh, Elizabeth Warren and the other Democrats are going to respond to Joe Biden in kind. And he doesn't take attacks very well. He sort of folds at the first hint of criticism, but here's what he had to say about Elizabeth Warren. If you don't agree with Elizabeth Warren, you must house somehow be uh, be uh, um, not a Democrat. You must somehow be corrupt. You must not be as smart as she is. It's not who we are. And it's just an elitist attitude about you either my way or the highway. You mustn't be, you mustn't know what you're talking about if you disagree with me. Now, that would have been a pretty effective uh, critique by old Joe Biden if he had done it on video. 
even though I'm a radio guy, we live in an age of video. And if you really want to get a message out there with high impact, you have to have a video of you saying it, but he didn't do that. He, uh, he recorded this on, on somebody's podcast. Oh, Joe Biden can't use media. He, he is totally lost in this, uh, this current age. Hillary Clinton, uh, is dropping some hints, uh, that, uh, well, she's not running yet. This, I'm just going to play this clip for you. This is why Hillary Clinton lost in the election. She is a thoroughly dislikable woman. Final question. What would it take you to run? I'm sorry, to run? To run. You know, I, I have always been a very, very slow runner. Um, and, well, that's true. You know, I, I, I am embarrassingly slow. I, yeah, I've yeah. tried to run races, and <laughs> I am so far behind that I start to walk acting like that was what the plan was <laughs> all the time. So um, I don't know that I'm going to take up competitive running uh, right so now. Uh, but um, I think you're asking about something else, aren't you? Well, there's been some teasing and some hinting that maybe that maybe you're sitting in the in the off to the wings here waiting for some moment. Oh, you know, look, I think I would have been a really good president. I think I could have been a very um, um, effective leader. I, I think I could have, you know, look, we have real divides in the country over all kinds of things. Um, but I certainly, you know, in my, my years in the Senate, um, as Secretary of State, have worked really hard, as you say, to actually solve problems, not exacerbate. She worked really hard to solve problems. The only problems I remember her solving were Jeffrey Epstein or Vince Foster. Uh, well, maybe she's solved that Seth Rich problem, too. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again next week right here on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. Son, tonight we look after the North Pole while Santa delivers all the holiday goodies. Wooden ponies, dolls, Xfinity. Xfinity? It's only the awesomest internet ever. The whole family can enjoy fast, reliable internet speed and great coverage all at a great value. Plus, advanced security is included at no extra cost with Xfinity XFi and the XFi Gateway. Just log in and activate through the Xfinity app. Choose the speed that works for you. Up to gig. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. Son, tonight we look after the North Pole while Santa delivers all the holiday goodies. Wooden ponies, dolls, Xfinity. Xfinity? It's only the awesomest internet ever. The whole family can enjoy fast, reliable internet speed and great coverage all at a great value. Plus, advanced security is included at no extra cost with Xfinity XFi and the XFi Gateway. Just log in and activate through the Xfinity app. Choose the speed that works for you. Up to gig. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed.